I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, books, TV shows, movies, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my fun drink in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 49. Welcome, or welcome back. I'm so glad to be here. I kind of took an extra week off to not record on Mother's Day weekend, which turned out to be quite lovely. I'm here in Southern California, mid-May, in the middle of the pandemic, and I cannot complain about the weather. (laughs) The weather is beautiful, and I am really trying to use the outdoors as an extra room, (laughs) an extra house, um, because uh, there are a lot of people in our house right now, and honestly... I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so glad that all my my kids who are 22, 20, and 17 are all home. I can keep an eye on them and feed them well. And and I'm well aware that uh, this is probably, this could be like the last time that we are all home like this. You know what I mean? I mean, not because of a pandemic, but just (laughs) all living together because I've, you know, got kids who are going to be launching out into the world. Um... I'm not going to talk about my cup of tea today. I'm going to talk about the sparkling water that I'm drinking because I got a soda stream for Mother's Day. I talked about that on the last podcast. I love it. If you're thinking about it, I love it. Um, I got the, um, when I dug into it a little bit, there's the fizzy, I got the soda stream brand and there's the fizzy, which is um, manual, which means you push a button that actually is releasing carbon dioxide into the water. And then there's something called like the one touch where basically you plug it into a wall and it does the same thing for you. Um, After a a little bit of research, I kind of uh, came to the conclusion as most people did is like, there's no reason for this thing to be electric. Um, And you have more options of where to put it in your kitchen if it doesn't plug into anything. And it's actually quite tall. It's like a little over 17 inches tall. And we, we redid our kitchen, I still think of it as the new kitchen, 16 years ago. And our most of our cabinets come down, um, so there's only about 15 inches of space. It's a terrible problem when you need to buy a coffee maker. Let me tell you, almost all coffee makers are more than 15 inches tall. Um, so I did figure out a place to put it, or it's not under a cabinet, but... Um, yeah, it's um, it's amazing. You just you fill it up with water. You put it in there. You press the button. I have decided I like six compressions, and you magically have sparkling water. There's only two people in our house of five that like sparkling water: me and my son. And um, so we just have this agreement that you know whoever uses the last of the sparkling water just immediately makes more because it literally takes just thirty seconds to fill up the bottle. Um, add the bubbles and put it in the fridge so it's cold for the next person. And uh, it did actually come with like a lime flavoring and a um, orange flavoring. And when I buy my sparkling water like from Trader Joe's, which is my favorite place, I always did buy like usually grapefruit flavor or orange. Um, I think we both have decided that we just kind of like it p- better plain or with some like real like a squeeze of real lime in it. I think if you're going to flavor it, you need to kind of flavor the whole bottle and then I feel like I'm going to have to really wash that bottle out every time I use it, where now, basically, I'm just filling it with water. I don't need to get in there and scrub it out every time. So anyways, absolutely loving my soda stream, feeling good about the fact that I'm not buying those plastic bottles. That was the only thing we bought like that. And those, you know, um, even though they're, they're recyclable, I would just much rather not use the plastic. So totally loving my soda stream. Um, 
yeah, the spring's beautiful. I just want to be outside all the time. Um, so glad that we have a backyard where we can do that. And uh, it, this has contributed, among many things, to why I haven't done much sewing at my machine lately, because it just feels like a waste of time to be indoors when you could be outdoors. And I think it was two or three Mother's Days ago, I got this great uh, chair. It's called the swing chair. It's kind of round and it hangs from a chain. And it's, it's the most wonderful thing to sit outside. So just spend, spending, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of time doing that, working on the yard. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, just as like a little update, uh, my, my daughter who graduated from college in the middle of all this um, and kind of immediately lost the job that she was supposed to get, um, it was with an events company. Who, and then eventually people started pivoting to online events. So they are busier than ever. So she, they asked her to come back part-time and within two days asked to be full-time. So I'm just so glad to have a college graduate who is working, working full-time from home in our house. But it's all, it's all great. Um, and this is the week that my high schooler started taking AP tests. And if you've got kids... <laughs> who have taken advanced placement tests, you know that usually it's like they are all, all the kids in the whole country are taking the same test at the same time. They're heavily guarded. Um, and now he took three this week and they are 45 minute online tests. They're still very hard and the time pressure is intense. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of, everybody that can kind of gets off the internet so that he will have no connectivity issues. Um, we are just all quiet. I have rescheduled meetings because he usually sits right, like right at the kitchen table and um, knocks out this 45-minute test. He's still got um, one more next week and then uh, life will be so much better, <laughs> let me tell you. And um, yeah, and my middle son and I, we just continue to, to keep being office space buddies. I'm in the living room. He's at the dining room at what is used to be my sewing table. And um, we kind of tell each other when we're going to be on calls. I am the one. I Everybody's very quiet in our house, um, except for me. I am the worst work buddy because I have a lot of calls. I have a lot of phone calls. Um, not so much the, the video Zoom calls, but just conference calls and just one-on-one -on -one telephone calls. Um, I keep hearing that Zoom calls are like really exhausting. Um, and I'm so I'm glad that I don't have a lot of them. I do have um, my share, but um, yeah. But so I'm, I'm the loud one. But we are all, you know, just we're kind of making it work. We are figuring out what the, the new routines are to stay out of each other's way. I got to say the other day, I was, I don't know, taking the trash out or something or going to get the mail. And I thought, oh, we need to get out of here. We should go do something. And I was just like, oh, oh, you can't do that. You know, it's like, I feel like we're starting to get the cabin fever thing. But um, for Mother's Day, we did go for a walk in a botanical garden in Thousand Oaks. It was beautiful. And we just ran into like maybe three other families um, along the way where we were able to, to distance and not really touch anything. Um, but it did feel so good to get out in nature. All the Matillaha poppies are in crazy bloom right now. Um, and that's usually our, our our tradition is to do something to go to a botanical gardens, which frankly, usually we take them to ones that are further away. And my kids, <laughs> it's not their favorite thing, but I love going to botanical gardens and it's my day um, or go for a hike or something like that. I remember one year um, 
we went for this hike. We got a little lost. We ended up in like coming out of the hills into a neighborhood and we were completely turned around and we, somebody was backing out of their driveway and we're just like, can you kind of explain where we are? And they were all dressed up like they were going to brunch. And my daughter, who was like maybe 10 at the time, she goes, can't we be one of those families that dress up and go someplace to eat on Mother's Day? Why are we hiking? Like, this is so yucky. But it's what I like to do. Let's talk about quarantine hair for a minute. <laughs> How's it going for you? I've given a couple of haircuts to the, the men in the family. Um, I have completely embraced the curly girl thing, um, which I have done in previous parts of my life. My biggest problem with curly hair um, on me is that I feel like it often looks like a mess and doesn't look professional. But you know, I work from home most of the time. I don't really need it to look too professional. Um, but I am starting to lose my nerve on letting my hair go gray and natural. I'm not planning on doing anything during the pandemic, but when it's all over, I don't know. I was like, I think I'm going to do this. And I actually joined two really good Facebook groups. So if you're thinking about going to your natural gray or silver, um, gray and proud, and um, what's it called? Like grombre, like gray ombre. Um, those are two Facebook groups that are very inspiring. Um, I do have a little bit of a problem. Um, I, I can, I can very, uh, I, I can honestly say that many of these women have absolutely gorgeous gray or silver hair. Um, but I cannot honestly say that it does not make them look older. They look great. But if you look at, you know, with colored hair and gray hair, you're just going to look older with gray hair. And I'm just not in my early to mid fifties, not sure that I'm ready, like in 10 years, maybe. So it's going to end also, it's kind of a painful process, I think, to, uh, to go gray, which is way, maybe why some people never really do it because it's just, there's some tricky transitions, but so I don't know the, I'm not doing anything now. And it is, it's, it's uh, funny how white my hair is around my face. Um, it, people go gray on my mom's side of the family very early. So I've just uh, never seen it really for myself more than, you know, a half inch worth. Um, but for those of you that are kind of, um, you know, thinking about things like Curly Girl. I know there's a big interest in the Curly Girl, you know, products and whatnot. I watched a ton of videos. My favorite um, YouTuber is named India Baston, Batson, B-A-T-S-O-N. And she's just this beautiful 20-something-year-old girl. But her hair has a very, she's got more hair than me, but it has a very similar curl pattern. And actually, um, she her mom is in some of her videos. Her mom's more like my age. And our hair is very similar. So the, the, so it's kind of fun to, to watch what product she uses. And I've tried some things. Um, and I think, when, especially when you've got blonde, I think there's something to do with blonde hair that it just tends to be like there's this halo of frizz. But um, based on some recommendations from her channel, I bought um, online through Ulta and it's, you know, so reasonable. Um, these two products called um, Not Your Mother's is the brand. And um, it's the Not Your Mother's Curl Talk line and the Defining Cream, which, um, and these are pretty, they're like very natural products, I believe. And um, this helps kind of lock in the moisture and it's supposed to defrizz it. I used it by itself the first time and it did not work well. But if you use the cream and then put the um, sculpting, the Curl Talk sculpting gel over it, just like a very light um, layer of it where you create like what's called a gel cast, you let that dry where it looks all a little bit crunchy and then you kind of scrunch out that 
the, the crunchiness and I can, my hair can stay in their little curl families for like three or four days, which is amazing. I've never had that before. Usually I kind of have to re-wash it every day and I hate to do that. So anyways, if you have curly hair and these products were like, I think they're like $7.99 each or something. So for good curl products, those are really good prices. So anyways, um, no affiliate link, no, you know, no ad, just I'm, I'm really totally um, loving the Not Your Mother's Curl Talk line. And thanks so much to Fat Quarter Shop for once again sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. They've got a new book. It's the Bonnie and Camille Quilt Beat Book. This celebrated mother-daughter team present their personal stories of how quilting has shaped their pasts and presents while influencing future generations. They also share tips on how to make quilting an occasion to be shared with family, friends, and the global quilting community, as well as many practical quilt tips. The book features 12 amazing projects, including the unforgettable Shine On Sampler Quilt, nine coordinating quilts, a pillow, and one gift-worthy thread catcher. With a bonus cross-stitch companion of the sampler quilted included, there is so much to do within these pages. That cross-stitch sampler is absolutely adorable. It makes me want to take up cross-stitch. Bonnie and Camille invite you to expand your social circle by igniting your creativity and honing your quilting skills at the same time. Will you sew along? Reserve your book today and get a 10% off the retail price of $29.95. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it at Fat Quarter Shop. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. As always, I will put a link in the show notes, and I will link to um, the book and the the um, cute picture of Camille Ross Kelly holding the cross-stitch sampler. You totally need to check it out. It's adorable. All right, let's talk quilting, or how much quilting that's not happening right now. <laughs> Are you one of the people that's doing lots of sewing right now, like to save your sanity or because you're making masks? Or are you the kind of person right now that's having a hard time finding your sewing mojo, your sojo? Um, I'm personally finding machine sewing hard right now. Um, As I mentioned before, I I share a dining room table where my son's college, you know, um, he's a computer science major. He's he's got his whole setup on one side of the table. He has very generously, you know, allowed me to have the other side of the table. But um, he's there a lot. He's got, you know, it's it's his workstation and he's, you know, in the middle of his college career. He is at his computer a lot. And um, when I start to sew, he is very always, very, you know, if he's not on a call or in class or whatever, he's fine with it. Um, but I, I feel a little just like, like it's disturbing him. He often gets up and sort of leaves after a few minutes. And so I just like, yeah, this isn't really great. So um, hand sewing and knitting has been, you know, kind of more my thing. I've actually started um, this month for the Orophil Artisan Challenge. It's either, it's Me Made May, so make something for clothing or visible mending. And I love visible mending, um, but I wasn't really sure I had anything to mend. Um, turns out my daughter has this um, really cute pair. She's had for a few years of a very lightweight denim, um, kind of like drawstring pants that are kind of capri length and wide leg, you know, just super comfy spring and summer um, and even fall California <laughs> pants. So much so that she had kind of worn them out in the, the inner thighs. And I could tell that she'd sort of tried to fix them herself, but there were like actual holes in there. And so um, I had a very similar colored lightweight um, cotton um 
kind of a, it look, I, I don't think it's actually denim, but it looks like denim from art gallery. And, um, because I, you know, I just decided I was really going to mend these thoroughly, um, which made it a little harder to stitch, I will admit. So I, I made a big patch, like almost, I'm going to say like the size of an index card, sort of two pieces of this denim. And um, I put some steam seam light on each of them and put one on the outside of the jeans and one on the inside of the jeans. So there is now <laughs> two pieces, you know, those two patches plus whatever fabric uh, is left there. There's some of it's just a hole. And plus the steam seam which, you know, is lightweight, but it's, you know, it's got some body there too. Um, on, and so I did that on each of these holes on, on each leg of the thigh and, um, used Orifil, um, 12 weight thread, which is perfect for visible mending. It's almost like a pearl cotton. And, um, I actually had a little trouble deciding. I have, I've got like a, you know, a, a white, I have a gray, and then I have a, um, variegated blue. And, um, I don't always love variegated thread because uh, I don't guess I'm not one for surprises on how my sewing's going to look and variegated thread is going to give you surprises. So I actually used the gray, um, which actually, when you just look at it, you would probably think it was white. It's like a light gray. Um, and so I just did straight lines. Um, about, I don't know, quarter inch apart or something, just straight, you know, like a running stitch, um, through, you know, like every quarter inch or so. And, um, then I decided to try the variegated. So I loaded up my needle with a variegated thread using an embroidery needle. And then I did the same thing. Um, I just stitched between those lines. So, I mean, my gosh, there's, this patch is so, <laughs> so durable now. Um, and I really like the way it looks. And it's funny cause I used a, um, a friction, pen to mark the lines. And as I was sewing it, I'm thinking, oh, I don't really like this. But when I went back with the iron and then the, the friction pen marks went away, then I was like, oh, I actually really like it. And I really actually do like the variegated thread because um, the way the color, you know, sort of pools in certain places, I, I really like the way it looked. So then on the other leg, I decided to do diagonals lines and then cross hatching the same way. And I did just do that all in gray. Um, I kind of, I wish I had been braver now and done it in, uh, in a variegated thread. So the next jeans that I do with the, um, which frankly, the jeans I'm wearing right now <laughs> might need that pretty soon. Um, if I don't, if I keep eating like, a, like I'm in quarantine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, it was super fun. I was able to, um, I guess last weekend, Mother's Day weekend, I just sat in my little you know patio swing chair, list, watched Doc Martin on Acorn TV and just, you know, could not have been happier. So um, things like handwork right now, and I'm, I'm getting that with a handpiece quilt along. People are just saying, we're getting so many great comments of this is exactly what I needed for this moment in time. And I completely, completely get that. Speaking of the handpiece quilts along, we are in full swing. People are joining every day. It's not too late. If you're seeing the, the, um, pictures going around, I've been really bad on social media lately. Um, and I've not been great in our Facebook group, and I apologize for that. It's just, I'm, I'm still adjusting. But um, if you've been seeing those blocks that people are making from the Hampiece Quilts Log, they're amazing. So it's never too late to join in. All the videos are there. All the instructions, all the tips and tricks, you know, blog posts are up. Well, not all, because we have 
two more blocks. Um, our last set of three blocks in May are all curves. That's the skill we're sort of um, tackling. If you've ever been afraid of sewing curves, I've got a video up on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's not hard. Um, we started off with a flowering snowball blocks, which has block, which has sort of a, a more gentle curve. Um, and then the one that's going to come out um, on Monday is... Um, an orange peel block and that one I think that's the most challenging block of the sew along but once you do it you feel so accomplished and you just know that you have tackled curves so um, so feel free to join or just go over and check out those um, the blocks that people are making it's they are amazing I um I need to make some more masks. I haven't wanted to because I haven't wanted to use the machine, but I do have a few more friends that uh, that could use masks. Are you still sewing masks? I, I feel like that's kind of starting to slow down. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that I was able to help people, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad that the, the requests are starting to, to slow down. Um, so I also want to talk today about a book um, that uh, from Stash Books from C&T Publishing um, that they sent me, and it is called walk jog run by dara thomason okay this is kind of a funny story you know how just a lot of things sort of come together all of a sudden i'm on a facebook group of quilters who are just kind of talking about fitnessy types of things and this woman dara thomason um chimed in saying how she had lost 50 pounds over 16 months without exercising by figuring out the weight loss mind game like being her own self-coach and and figuring it's like it's not so much about you know I mean obviously it is about calories and things like that on some level but it's really about where your mind was so I thought um I, I commented you know like oh my gosh that is so true turns out she's a um well first of all she wrote this book which I will talk about in a second, but she's a long armor, a long arm teacher, a life coach, kind of a slash weight loss coach. Um, and so she has a, um, you know, a Facebook page, Facebook group for her life coaching business, where she has a lot of kind of uh, Facebook live videos where she's talking about weight loss. She's got a, um, a specific little page about like the five secrets to weight loss or something like that, but she's delightful. Um, and like I said, she lost 50 pounds. And I think that she's just the stuff that she talks about is it makes a ton of sense. Um, I haven't used her as a life or as a coach or anything like that, um, but I'm sure she would be amazing. Um, and first of all, let me just talk about her book and then I'll talk about some other like weird things, how they came together. So it's called Walk, Jog, Run, um, a free motion quilting workout. And I love the way this book is... Um, arranged and it, it's it's all about where does it here muscle memory building exercises projects and tips so the idea of the walk jog run is let me find the page um in terms of being a free motion quilter walk is the simple free motion quilter where you um you know basically you're comfortable using a walking foot and do some straight line quilting the the jog level is um, you can do some all over designs like loops and daisies and meanders and stipples and then run is where you are confidently creating wishbones ribbon candy clamshells and you know all those things and where you can put them together so she the way she's got a, a bunch of really good background information at the beginning just like all the things you know to be a good quilter and then um like the the, the the chapter on straight line quilting. So she explains it. She shows you all different kinds of variations on it. She's got a practice workout, um, like a checklist, 
where you can, you know, write in the, the date and the time and how much you spent um, drawing designs on paper and then moving on to attaching your walking foot and, and, you know, making some quilt sandwiches and doing those kinds of things. And then she gives you a project like this is a pencil holder project that uses straight line quilting. And then she, there's a quilt pattern that uses straight line quilting. And she approaches that, um, with all the different motifs each, each motif has a, or, you know, sort of set it, set of motifs has its own chapter here. Chapter seven is quilting loops and she explains how to do it, all the different variations on it, your checklist of, of things to practice. And then, um, there's a pillow project and a quilt project based on the same pillow design. So it's like, um, you practice, you do a small project and then you're ready to do a larger project. So anyways, I love her approach. Um, simple, small steps that sort of add up, which I think is kind of her whole <laughs> breakdown things that you want in life, whether it's weight loss or a build a business or whatever, the, the same process holds true. Um, but while I was watching one of her Facebook lives, she started talking about one of the things that um, helped her be successful in losing weight is that she started listening to a podcast where a woman was talking about journaling as if. Um, so this, and what she means by that is journaling about what you want as if it's already happened. And if that sounds familiar, um, this, uh, a while back, I started talking about the Rachel Hollis Start Today Journal, which I just do in a normal notebook, which starts out with um, well, you, you, when you really do it, you um, kind of brain dump some dreams. You pick out the dreams that you want to accomplish over whatever period of time. And then every day you write down five things you're grateful for. And then you write down 10 dreams, dreams slash goals, as if they've already happened. Um, you know, I maintain a healthy weight. I am a creative cook. I am an exceptional wife and mother. I have a job that I enjoy. I am a person that uses my time well. All, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you. And, um, and then at the end, you pick like with the one thing that you're going to do today that helps you take one step towards one of those goals. So that's um, the Start Today Journal. I've been doing it, not as faithfully lately, but um, when I did it recently, I realized how many of those things have actually come true. Um, a year ago, I didn't have a job that I enjoy, but today I do. Um, a year ago, I set a goal of how much money I would like to be able to save per month. And I'm just about there. And it seemed like an extraordinary amount to me. So it's just, it is really funny when you uh, put that positive energy out there and, um, you know, pray on it or whatever, however you want to look at that, how you see them come true. And I think the part of it is the writing it down. And she talks, oh, well, no, she doesn't talk about it. Well, she, she mentions this person with a podcast and that person's name is Kim Klassen. And I followed her on Facebook already. She's a photographer, um, but she also has this podcast called The Right Life, W-R-I-T-E. And I've been listening to it and she's talking about these things that um, Dara was talking about, which is... Um, and it, she and Rachel Hollis have very similar ideas. They're very, uh, they're a little bit different, um, but there's a lot of gratitude journaling and a lot of um, 
doing a whole dream dump just like just let you your mind start to think about what you want out of your life and then start journaling as if these things have already happened um, and she's a little bit more into more a little more intensive journaling as opposed to the Rachel Hollis which is where you just write kind of like the same list every day um, but I'm really enjoying that and I can kind of just see see how it works so what she mentioned is you know when you like want to buy a car you just buy a car and all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Well, if you start identifying things that you want, then you start seeing opportunities for how that might happen in ways that if it just was this like nebulous idea floating around in the back of your head, you would never make those connections. But by um, writing down, these are the things that I want, you start to see things, make connections, um, have conversations with people, see books that you might want to read that you never would have noticed before. So, so anyways, um, that's been kind of a fun thing. <laughs> All those things kind of, uh, came together. And, uh, so anyways, walk, jog, run, Dara Thomason, I will put her, um, her Facebook group, a link to it in the show notes. I always say that. So that I have a, for every podcast episode, um, I have a blog post, um, that has all the, the, the notes to the things that we're talking about here. Um, some of them are affiliate links and that kind of helps support the podcast at no additional cost to you. But, uh, a lot of them are just links because I want you to, to know about them. Let's move on to books. I just finished last weekend listening to Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, I feel like I maybe am the last person on earth to have read or listened to that book. Um, and I enjoyed it very much. It was one of those things where I've been waiting for it for six months. And when it finally came, um, it kind of sat and I didn't, and I, I got it as the audio book from Libby and I, I didn't really move on it cause I was reading something else. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this book is going to return in, in like five days and I haven't hardly started it and I know I won't get it for another six months. Um, so I kind of, you know, panic listened and I remembered that trick about halfway through the book that if I listen at 1.25 speed, it doesn't change it. It, it just kind of speeds things up. And this woman's talking in a Southern drawl. So actually speeding it up is not the worst thing in the world. I can't really do 1.5 speed. Um, my son told me that he listens to lectures at two times speed. I can't do that. But anyways, it did, that did help. Um, I, I really liked the book. I don't think I loved it like everybody else seems to love it, to be honest with you. I felt it was a little slow in starting, um, but it did definitely pick up. And somebody mentioned um, that the last third of the book is where it really gets going. And I would concur with that. Um, but I, I did very much enjoy it. It's about um, a woman in um, North Carolina. Well, it starts out as a little girl in North Carolina who is from in a, you know, poor, in a, lives in a shack, no running water, uh, alcoholic father. And she eventually just, she gets abandoned by everyone and she needs to figure out a way to make her, the way, her way to survive in the world. Um, if you've ever read this is a weird comparison. If you've ever read Clan of the Cave Bear, she reminded me of Ayla in that book, um, where Ayla has to make her own way in the world and she sort of discovers so many things um, that we all take for granted, but she has to figure them out for herself. And this is true of um, Kaya too. Um, Kaya, is that right? I think that's right. I've already forgotten. It's been a week. Um, so anyways, um, Definitely recommend that as I'm sure that you've heard a million times. Oh, I got to tell you one thing that has made listening so much more fun. Okay. A few episodes ago, 
I don't know how long ago at Christmas, I got a pair of sort of knockoff AirPod earbuds. And I said that they, for listening, are just fine, but the microphone on them, um, the way I use it, just really wasn't that good. And um, so because of my business and how much I am on the phone, um, I actually did buy a pair of Apple AirPods. I never thought that I would spend $139 or whatever they cost on them. But you know what? I could not be happier. They are worth the money. <laughs> Number one, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, they connect so much easier than third party. I mean, it's because Apple, right? They just make things work together so beautifully. And um, they're just, they're very comfortable. The sound quality is amazing. I can walk around and talk in them and, and you, you know, there's, a, I guess what you're paying for is all this noise canceling technology that's built into them. So um, yeah. So anyways, so for what it's worth, I'm loving my AirPods. Um, but uh so I listened to that. I abandoned the girl from Cabin 10 that I talked about last time. And I just saw on Libby today that that has come back to me. So I think I'll finish that one next. And then I got on this kick of reading Amish books. Um, one of my online, my friends, uh, Sarah, she mentioned, she told me some books she was reading. And one of them is an, an Amish cozy mystery. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so me. Well, I, she got it from Libby. I can't get it from Libby. And I'm probably not going to buy it. So I was just like, I used to read Amish books. I definitely went through this whole thing. When Kindle was kind of new, you could get a lot of free books. And a lot of them were these Amish series where they would give you the first one so that, you know, you would buy the other ones. Um, and it, there's a whole genre, I think it's called bonnet fiction <laughs> of the Amish books. And I love them. Um, and I was just like, that's what I need is to soothe my soul right now. So I read a couple of Beverly Lewis. Um, she's maybe the biggest name in it. And I don't actually love her writing style, to be honest with you. It seems a little, I don't know, obvious. I don't know. But, um, the stories just, you know, kind of warmed my heart. And so I've read a couple of those recently just because I've needed something very light because, um, you know, just everything that's happening, I just want to go sit out on the patio in the evening and read about the simple life. So, um, so anyway, so that's been kind of my, my go-tos, um, for books lately. Um, in terms of shows, um, Chloe and I finished Little Fires Everywhere, and um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, this is another one of those Wreaths Witherspoon um, series where she basically creates a, a vehicle for herself to be in, which I completely respect. Um, it was, it's different than the book. Um, it's a lot, it's kind of a lot different from the book in, in many ways, and it even ended a little bit differently. Um and uh, so I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but overall, I would say that I, I that I enjoyed it. Um, last time I also talked about a listener who told me about the the show Blood on Acorn. It's there's two seasons of it. I think I just watched the first season, maybe um, the last time I recorded. I flew through those. It's a um, mystery, um, a, a family based mystery. Um, it's, it's, if you like Broadchurch, you would like it. it it's, um, it's a little easier to watch than Broadchurch. It's not really gory, but there's a lot of crazy family dynamics and twists and turns um, about it, uh, about a family in Ireland. And the second um, season is like, 
in the same way, the second season of Broadchurch was a little bit of a continuation of the first season. Same thing here. First season wraps up nicely, but in some ways, the second season um, picks up the thread a little bit. Um, like I said before, I'm I started Doc Martin. I finished Doc Martin all the way through season nine, and then when I wanted something again, that sort of easy breezy kind of watching while I'm stitching out on the patio, um, I started it over from the beginning, and it's so fun. To have, I mean, it's like 15 years before, I think. Um, yeah, that show, because they come out with, I don't know, maybe even more, maybe closer to 20. Anyways, because um, they come up with an episode every two years. But anyways, that is so delightful. And I'm telling you, I have got to get to Cornwall someday. I just, that place, I feel like that is where my, my heart is. Um, I uh, Also, I've been talking to my dad. Um, he lives in Idaho and, you know, he's in heavy quarantine there. He lives alone and... My brother who lives up there is just like, you are not leaving the house. Um, so we like to talk. We like very similar kinds of shows. And he brought up a show that I loved so much and kind of forgot about called Foils War. And it's a mystery. Um, takes place during World War II. And um, Foil, uh, this man, uh, he re really liked to go fight. He's a little old for that. Uh, he's a, a police officer, um, you know, inspector, detective, whatever. And um, they won't let him go. So Foil's war is him fighting, um, fighting his own war at home, you know, against, you know, all the murders or whatever. And he's got a sidekick whose um, real name is Honeysuckle Weeks. And that's how this came up with my dad because she, she's on something else now. And he's like, oh, I just found Honeysuckle, what's her name on something? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, is that the best name ever? Honeysuckle Weeks. Anyway, she's the sidekick on Foil's War. And um, so it made me want to go back. So I've kind of watched a couple of those episodes and that's been really, really fun. The um, TV show that my husband and I moved on to is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. This is one that I heard heavily recommended. Didn't think he was going to go along with it at first, but he's been very indulging. It's adorable. It's it's a little weird to get your mind around at first. So you just got to hang with it for a few episodes and then you start to care about the people. So the idea with this show is there's this young girl... I'm not, you know, like mid to late twenties and, um, she goes and she gets an MRI and this whole weird things happen. This whole weird thing happens. There's an earthquake during the MRI and now she can hear other people's inner thoughts as songs. So if somebody's sad, she will see them break into a whole song and dance number, of a song you may have already you know heard like existing songs so there's a it's it's like a musical but she's the only one that can see it i mean her and you and um she calls them people's heart songs so it's even if they are not acting like they're feeling a certain way um she can tell what they're really thinking by the songs that they're singing and um yeah it's it's pretty weird and we were all kind of like laughing at it, like this is so weird and awkward but um ultimately you know we ended up <laughs> really liking it. The kids kind of float in and out of, of watching it. So, so that's been kind of fun. And then last night we watched, oh, oh, actually I've, I've got two movies. On Mother's Day, we watched the new Emma um, from 2020. Um, it's really good. So it was one of those movies that was supposed to be in uh, the theaters, but you know, 
pandemic. And so now they're releasing them online. It did cost like $15 to just rent it. You know, sometimes you can buy it for that, but it's just to rent it. I got it from Amazon Prime. Um, but it was really fun. And what's really been kind of uh, interesting is we rewatched um, Little Women right when the bl the block from the Hamby's Quilt Along called Joe came out. And I watched um, Emma. And then the next day, our Emma block came out. So, you know, I'm nothing if not consistent. But um, the costumes and the interiors of um, the new Emma are really amazing. Things are more colorful than than usual than than the way they're usually represented and um, my daughter was saying she got to, she saw it a few months ago because she writes um, for the arts and entertainment section of her school newspaper and so she did some research on it and apparently these um, brighter colors like in Emma's house there's a room um, you know that's like robin's egg blue and there's another one that's pink and there's another one that's mint green and like just not the way you usually think about these i don't know what is this is this like maybe victoria era i'm not sure um but they're just way brighter and like mr knightley is wearing this awesome mustard colored coat and stuff so anyway she says that all that color is actually historically accurate um so it looks beautiful i um personally found emma the actress was great but you know i i struggle with emma i love it but man i find her irritating <laughs> and i'm not 100 percent sure what mr knightley sees in her but anyways um definitely worth a watch so that was Emma. And last night we watched on Netflix, the interactive version of, um, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's a, it's an interactive movie. So I actually never even finished that show. It was a cute show, you know, didn't love, love, love it. So I never really watched all the seasons. Um, but it's super fun. So it's like, you know, some, there's a scene and something happens and then you get to pick with your TV remote, what decision they make. And, um, Sometimes it brings the story to a screeching halt and <laughs> they just go, yeah, this, this isn't working. And so then they take you back and to help you make another choice or whatever. So we actually kind of, we didn't watch the whole thing twice, but we went back and made some decisions that we wondered about, um, to see where they would take us. So anyways, that was, that was really fun. All right, let's move on to homemaking. Um, we washed windows today. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, the light is different in our house when we wash the windows, probably because I really only do it once a year in the spring, early summer, when the rainy season is over, such as it is here in California. Um, and it's, I drag the whole family into it. I am not a martyr. Really, if I'm good with my fly lady routines, with my Diane and Denmark um, homemaking routines, she actually kind of encourages you in your zone work to wash those, wash the insides of the windows like every month. I've never been that good. And obviously it goes really fit fast if you do that every month because they're not really that dirty. Um, I, and I thought I was being better about it than I was. So I didn't think I was going to have to do the insides, but I actually did today. But the rest of the family just does the outsides and we knocked it out. I will admit we actually, because of the way our furniture is arranged right now, it was hard to do the upstairs ones on the outside. Um, and I'm just going to let that go this year. Pandemic windows, but downstairs, we took off the screens, you know, did the whole thing, washed them inside and out in 30 minutes, 30 minutes, people. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So it's so worth it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, so worth getting your family involved. And it was just like one person hosed him down. The next person came in with the squeegee and the, the bucket and, and scrubbed him and did a quick squeegee of them. And then the next person came with a towel and dried them off. And that was all happening outside while I was do, you know, doing them on the inside. And so anyways, I feel like the windows are clean and now I can literally accomplish anything. <laughs> That's how this stuff affects me. So, um, Anyway, so that's feeling really good. We're still on our routine. Um, I'm working basically full time right now. So I'm not doing a lot of, um, you know, my cleaning during the week. It's kind of, I try to do a little bit in the zone, but the actual cleaning of the house is taking place on Saturday and um, everybody pitches in. So all I really have to do is I have to handle our bedroom and two bathrooms and then someone else is doing the kitchen someone else is dusting someone else is vacuuming i will mop the floor tomorrow so um again i just want to encourage you to do not be a hero everyone's in the house everyone's making a mess everyone should help clean it that i'm sticking by that um like i said we we're spending a lot of time outside and i've been doing a lot of um weeding and working in the in the garden as we you know are kind of really coming into the spring and summer season as a matter of fact a lot of my when i think about where the crawdad sings i think about being in the yard because i was doing a lot of that yard work um, my husband actually was furloughed for a week and so he actually really did a lot of good getting the backyard into good shape and mulching and all that kind of stuff i'm trying to plant a garden but um i'm kind of struggling this year um i have been to lowe's with a mask outside garden center um but i don't know i just i, I want to get in and out and nobody has the the gardening plants don't really look that good i think i'm gonna just try to do a lot of stuff from seed this year and if it doesn't really work then it doesn't really work um but yeah so it's just you know going to a garden center just seems like such a big deal I'm totally digging my drive up pickup situation at Target, but when I try to do that at like Lowe's or Home Depot, they never seem to have what I need where I can just drive and pick it up. So I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna do about that. But one thing I would like is I've got um, kind of like a square foot garden with three um, four foot by four foot squares. And um, I'm, I might dedicate one whole one to, to growing chamomile from seed. I did this years ago, not that big of a patch, but um, I have a friend who swears by the fact that if you brew tea from real chamomile leaves, that it really helps you sleep. And I can use all the help I can get right now. Um, and so I thought, oh, and it smells really good and it's very pretty. So I'm thinking about just sprinkling some chamomile seed and kind of seeing how that goes. Um, and drying it and, and, and doing that. So it, it seems like one of those things that is a little aspirational to me. Like, okay, last um, episode, I talked about making kombucha and some people reached out to me and thank you very much about that. I need to get on that. Um, and someone actually mentioned even that mixing kombucha with a sparkling water. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could be like my own <laughs> little soda fountain over here. So, so anyways, just, um, I don't know what I'm telling you to do with homemaking. Just um, get your family to help you get outside if the weather's nice and, and let the sun shine on you because I think that really does 
does all the, the, the good in the world. I guess that's about it. Um, I hope that you guys are finding, you know, just ways to to take care of yourself, to keep your mental health strong. Um, let me know what you're doing. If you've, you know, kind of found some some new self care habits. If you, um, if your self care is sewing, I suspect for a lot of you, it's sewing and knitting and things like that. Just, uh, yeah, let me know. And uh, take care, stay safe, and stay home. Thanks for listening. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please join us in the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going.